Three, two. Welcome back to Triple Coverage. I'm your host, Reagan Griffin, and I'm joined by Julio Martinez and producer, former podcaster, turned producer, turned back podcaster for this week, Eddie Sun. Welcome back. Welcome back. I thought you wouldn't come back after that Niners loss, man. I thought you were done. But um, on this episode, we are going to be discussing a lot of things happening in the NFL, surprisingly, for the offseason. You got Miles Garrett's accusations or, you know, reiterating the accusations he had against Mason Rudolph. You had the the collective bargaining agreement or potential collective bargaining agreement between the NFL, the the new playoff scheme, uh, and a lot of different things going on. So why don't we get it started by discussing... Let's go with the CBA. Let's go with the, the most interesting thing, because we had a pretty good inter, interesting converse, conversation about that uh, yesterday, Eddie. And I'd like to you know, get your thoughts on it, Julio. So let's start there. Uh, well, first, I think it seems like the, the players don't want it. Some of them have come like. out and said that, like J.J. Watt said something like that, I think. Yeah, and then Richard Sherman echoed his statements. So um, I guess proposed CBA is, is still like very you know proposed and not set in stone, mm-hmm. right? But um, obviously, like the um, the core kind of change they'd be having is changing the six team per con- six playoff team per conference format into having seven teams per conference, and then they'd give the bye to the one seed, and then let two to seven basically play like a you know that play six teams right. And I, I frankly I like it because I understand on there's going to be two sides to this, and there's going to be one side that says, well, we should just do away with the divisions and have the top six teams make the playoffs. I'm not sure if that's realistic. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's from the player side or the owner side, but one of those sides isn't going to go all that way. Uh, on the other side, you'd look going to keep it the way it is, right? I think it's the owners that would prefer get rid of the divisions, and I think it's the players that would prefer keep it the way it is. But I think the fairest middle ground would be adding that seventh seed because, you know, year in and year out, we see a team that has, you know, play as, as a playoff team but doesn't make it simply because of the division that they were in this year. Uh, this year was the Rams. We saw them miss the playoffs, and, you know, the Rams had an up-and-down season, but for all intents and purposes, like, uh, I'm an Eagles fan, but I'll be the first one to tell you the Rams were a better football team than the Eagles this past season, but because the Eagles were in the NFC East and the Rams were in that division with the Seahawks and the 49ers, they missed out on the playoffs, and I it, in the uh, new system, they would have played the Packers in the first round, and I think they could. Th- there's a there's a feasible chance that the Rams would have beaten the Packers. But here's the two cons that that really sprung up into my mind automatically. So first, the the NFL season is known as as what? It's known as hyper competitive, and every week matters. Of course, adding an extra team doesn't eliminate that feeling. But it doesn't add to it. It doesn't add to it, and it takes away from it. I think it does matter. I, th- I think, if anything, it takes no, no, away well, from it and saying, okay, one more team's going to have an opportunity. Well, but at the same time, now you're asking the two seed, and you say, okay, you don't get a bye week anymore. This year's uh, seventh team, if you want to say, per se, uh, in the AFC would have been the Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. And there's going to be years. I mean, even exactly. with, in, the, in the sixth in the when we have— the six-team league. There's years where we're like, okay, this team's not a playoff team. They just made it because. But there's also years, you know, you remember Lovey Smith was fired for going 10-6 and six with the Bears, and they missed the playoffs. So there's going to be – it fluctuates. And I think, you know, more often than not, there's at least one team in one of the conferences that should have made the playoffs but didn't because of what division they're in. I, just, I hate the division I, I just, I, in general. I actually went back and looked at that, but um, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that later. But um, Yeah, I just feel like there was nothing wrong with – 
the playoff structure. Yeah, I mean, with with the whole NFC East thing, uh, people might have complained about it, but I mean, it, a it happens, and b it's it's not like it happens every year. Um, and I mean, th- their revenue grows every year. It's not like they needed to make a change. It's not like in basketball where where the ratings are going down, so they're clamoring for a change to get those ratings up or, you know, whatever the case may be. There is nothing wrong with the playoff structure, just like the, the baseball one that, that they're trying to fix, per se. The baseball playoff is literally the only exciting thing about the baseball season. That's true. And, and, and for me, there, there was nothing wrong with the NFL structure. It, it, it's like... I, I don't know. That's just that's just how I felt. Yeah. I mean, it, the thing about, or did you say something? No, 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 go okay, ahead. So, I mean, the thing about trying to find middle ground in this situation is that, like, what's like the ultimate goal? Is the ultimate goal like complete fairness or like parity when it comes to like the playoff structure? I think the ultimate goal, and from my perspective, coming at it at least, the ultimate goal is to make things a little more interesting. Well. Not fair per se, just to make things, you know, now there's another a team in the mix that very well could have been a playoff team. Well, uh, I, so I guess this go back to, goes back to Julio's point, whereas I feel like every season the NFL, just because it has so little like games, just the seven or 16 games, it's, it's better than any other league at kind of drumming up interest in the regular season where every year you see teams that are like on the bubble, you know, might make it, might miss it. We talk about things like strength of schedule, like conference record, just because those are the things that matter to make the playoff. I mean, strength of schedule has no relevance on, on making the playoff right. or not. I'm way out of line here. But yeah. like there's there's things outside of just their win-loss record where we start going oh but they have you know like their record against what division teams or something and then, well right the divisional way. record only matters uh within your division once you're a wild card your divisional record doesn't matter so like what's the tiebreaker here the tiebreaker would be uh i think points scored i think that's how they do it i'm not particularly sure but yeah. if two teams have the same record and they're both competing for a mm-hmm. wild card spot i think they go to common opponents first and then uh, uh points sense. scored after it's just like year in and year out we see teams like end up with the same record and some of them miss and some of them make so like it comes down to that small of margins and so if we're saying we're trying to drum up more competitiveness we already have like insane competitiveness as you know six playoff teams in each conference and um, I'm not exactly sure that adding a seventh team adds to it it doesn't eliminate to it I think because I went back and looked at it so um, if you go back to last season, mm-hmm. the seven and eight teams in the AFC were the nine, six and one Steelers and the nine and seven Titans. Right. So if you made it seven teams, you can still argue, oh, the Titans are nine and seven, you know, maybe this, this and that. Um, go back two years ago and then three teams in the NFC were nine and seven. All three missed the playoffs, but, you know, they were tied for seven, eight and nine. Mm-hmm. So it's like you expand it to seven teams. But what were the yeah. three teams? Um, shoot, I forget. Oh. I didn't list down the well, names. Well, he- here's another con for me that. Uh, how early do they want to implement this? Uh, that would be within the new CBA, so I think it'd be as quickly next as next year. season. Next yeah. season, yeah. that's how the hell are players going to get their rightful, you know, paydays? Was that you? To si- do with- you signed a contract, let's say, uh, uh, four years, sixty million dollars. Mm-hmm. You get, you know, you get the you get paid in increments after games. Um, I mean, how how is that supposed to work? Are you gonna? Now it's not going to be sixty million. It's going to be what sixty one million. No, it, I mean it doesn't. You know, create another game. I mean, people. If anything, it helps the players because you get most players in, or a lot of players in their contract have a bonus for making the playoffs. No, no, I'm talking about the the seventeen game schedule too. 
Oh, I'm not. Oh, uh, we're, that's not what yeah. we're talking about here. A 17 game schedule would be a little bit awkward. It, that's a that's a more difficult thing to execute, I think. But in terms of just the playoffs, I, I like the idea. I don't see why you. I you mean, know. in terms of injury too, though, like. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna essentially all you're doing, I mean, you you can't look at an NFL player in the face and say, hey, if you had an opportunity to play in the playoffs, would you not want to? If anything, it, not, it hurts the number two seed the most because they don't get the bye week anymore. Mm-hmm. But if, if we're talking about the spirit of competition and, you know, if you if you wanted to be it, in the playoffs, you should have been as good as the six seed. Well, why can't we look it, at the number two seed it, and say, if you wanted to buy, in be as good spi- as the one seed? In the spirit of competition, I, I you, you can make an argument that it becomes super valuable to become the one seed. Exactly. And, but it also against that, it becomes super valuable to make the one seed, a.k.a. it makes it easier for the one seed to advance in the playoffs. So do you create and less you get a better regular well, I mean, season like, playoffs? I mean, do that, that's fine. Like, if you're the best team, like, you know, let the best team have it spoiled, you know? But, but the point is, we see this in the NBA. It's like the seventh and eighth seed in each conference. Like, no one cares. No you know what I mean? I mean, like, I think that's a little bit different because the NBA, it, it you have a, a seven-game series and you can definitively state after seven games who's the I better mean, team. It is a little different. But the thing is, like, there you have to be, you have to reward. And especially when the variance is so high in football, you I feel like the rewards have to be smaller. You can't just be off. Offering, you know, vouchers to every team to make the playoffs. I mean, that's and what I, makes it exciting, though. Is well, it then, not? If you if you say the variance is so high in any giving Sunday, any team can be any team, then why not put a seven well, seed then, in like, there? Why not make it 10 teams per conference? Because that's just not realistic. That's a slippery slope but like, fallacy. But it's like, where do we where do we draw the line here? The right? seventh seed. I mean, like, because I'm, again, like I was pointing out, if it's a seven seed, we could be making arguments year and year at that. The eight seed eight was seed. just as deserving. I mean, and you so guys are proposing a slippery slope fallacy. This because we do it one time doesn't mean it happens again and again and well, again. Well, it's not that, like, I don't know if it will happen again and again, but tell me that the same arguments we're having now are not the exact same situations that are going to be happening when you have seven. Yeah, but how often do we see two teams that miss the playoffs that both deserve to be in the playoffs? Or both, no, you can I make an argument. It, like three I seasons, mean, who was the three, AC or who was the say AC last year for the see, NFC? Let me see. Uh, um, basically, my point is, a lot of times I see one team that the only reason they didn't make the playoffs, like, i.e., the Rams, again, was miss- because of the division that they're in, and not because of the actual you know caliber oh, la- of team that the they la- are. The last time a team with a lower record got in uh, the playoffs and a higher seed didn't was when like the the what the NFC. South was like so trash and like the five and ten Panthers got in or to the playoffs. I mean, that's not the last time that it happened, but it happens frequently. I remember a seven and nine Rams team uh, ended up making the playoffs. And these things like I don't like the divisional system because it allows teams to Mm -hmm. if all four teams are bad, one bad team makes the playoffs. I've never been a fan of that. And I think that the better team should always have a shot at making the playoffs. And that just gives another better team a shot at making the playoffs. I don't see what's wrong with it. And then, by the way, three seasons ago, two teams were nine and seven. The AFC didn't make the playoffs nine and seven eight seven and one eight and eight the nfc didn't and make a, the playoffs. A, so like, i'd be interested in knowing I, what those I, teams are I, I i hear people saying uh you know the nba um you know they let more than half of their teams into the yeah, playoffs like it's, it's, and this it's, is not more than half uh, it, it's it's 14 it would be 14 but you're again you're getting closer to that line and mm-hmm. i mean w- and Do, it's like, are those same right. people going to criticize the and NFL? It's like, and just the conceptual, like, you know, thinking about it conceptually is just being in the top half of yeah. teams. You know, like, you know, does that mean you're allowed to move <laughs> on? I mean, it's not the top half. It's 14, it's 14. over 32. It's 14. So that's but, simple math. But basically, I mean, I look at the Rams this year 
I look at the Packers. That's the main thing because that was this happened this past season. And you know, you could look at the Chiefs and the and the uh, Steelers too. Hindsight will tell you that the Steelers wouldn't have had a shot in that game. But I look at the Rams and I look at the Packers. Were the Rams and the Packers really all that different in terms of how good they were this year? No. They were not, and I, I the the pack the Rams. The sole reason that the Rams weren't in the playoffs is because of the division they're in, and you had to face the Seahawks and you had to face the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you have the Eagles who had to sit up here and play the Giants and the Redskins and the Cowboys, make the playoffs and go one and done. I mean, because I'll be in mean, some you know you, you unfortunate really, circumstances. And I'm a as a Cowboys fan, you really want to watch the Cowboys in in this past year's playoffs? No, the Cowboys wouldn't have made the playoffs. Want, okay, the Rams. Yeah, or, I would have loved to watch the. I mean, no, yeah, the Rams or, against or the. the Packers? Or the Bears? The Bears were eight and the, eight. Let's the say Bears. They, let's I mean, say, now we're talking about say, the eighth, the ninth, and tenth seeds. No, 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 I'm talking no, no, about no, no, strictly no, no. the seventh let's say, seed. Let's say they won one more game and the Rams I mean, lost one. If cows that, and hogs are made of chocolate, no, 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 be no, you can't. No, no, no. But let's just say that happened, which is very foreseeable. You want to watch the Bears? I mean, that has you're posing things that didn't happen. I'm talking in that reality. Very well that the, could likely. I mean, that, that's the beauty of football. These things tip one way or the other frequently. And it tipped in the Rams' favor this year, and rightfully so because they were the better team. Mm. I, don't I mean, that. we could say, it, "What? What if the you know Bengals won seven more games you know, or something you, like that?" You know, like, what, it, you know what makes it there's no relevance. You know, you know what makes it super competitive, uber competitive. What's that? In the in the NFC, especially when there's only two wild card slots, but when you have four teams, four or five teams that can make it, we we have to be two of those five, two of those four teams. Now it's like, oh, we only have to be three of those four teams. It makes it really competitive, I agree, but does it solely the actual playoff product when you have teams like the Eagles who weren't that good and you have another team sitting at home watching that was clearly a better team? Last year, like there was an instance, right, where the Rams probably were better than the Eagles, but... If you go back in previous seasons, like there's a pretty clear cutoff, you know, like there's nothing that's super messed up when you um, when you look at the teams that did make the playoffs and the teams that didn't. You know, it's like most years. Can you you give me examples? uh, So like most years you have teams that are, you know, the higher record and then the seventh and eighth team are either like lower record or they might have been tied. And it's like I, I need like teams, though. I mean, I, I didn't write it down like that. That I will because I, I, I have to research on your own volition. It, <laughs> I'm, my, yeah. like, I'm, my, I'm just my, saying, my, like my frequently, I, I sit back and I look at the playoff teams, and I'm like, man, this team was better than this team, but this team didn't make it simply because they weren't in this division. That happens year in and year out. So why Tans- not just make it one through okay. seven? Yeah, exactly. Because one through that, six. that would one be an six. ideal world. That would be an ideal world. Why don't world they do it? Because that's one side getting everything that they want. That's not how negotiations so, so, so operate. So maybe when we talk about middle ground here, that's the final solution. To get rid of divisions because the divisional Ooh, system messes up so system. many things, but right, the, but but I'm saying like a middle ground indicates that you have to be in the middle of like the problem and the solution. I don't understand where where the middle is here. Like the middle seven, is that there are not, not the, the that there are less playoff slots than there are deserving teams. That's that. That's the problem. I wouldn't agree with that. Okay, so so how does the divisional system play into all of this? Because because, because are, it's not it's not really about number. It's about that teams just are randomly assigned to a certain location and they exactly. Get and that's an issue. And I agree that was that should be the first thing to go. But in a negotiation where one side wants one thing all the way one way and a different side wants one thing all the way the opposite way, that's not realistic. But you're gonna have to explain to me where the seven teams per conference like toes the middle line. So here. when you have a, a system that's set up that less or when there are more deserving teams than there are playoff slots, you open up another playoff slot and a deserving team gets that slot. It's pretty cut and dry. But 
I mean, but if if the problem here is based on location, that oh, a team in the east. The problem here isn't based on location; it's based on the divisional system. The divisional okay, yeah, system I mean, is set up my, to. That's, that's basically I'm, what I'm. Yeah, saying. I'm saying the divisional system is set up that there are more deserving teams than there are playoff slots. Mm-hmm. And if you extend the playoff slots, then another deserving team gets a playoff slot. Delvin Hodges is not a deserving quarterback. I mean, that's the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are. I, when oh, I look at the Pittsburgh okay, Steelers and the Rams, I see a best case scenario and I see a worst uh, case but, but scenario. Here's a question but we to have you. that every year in the playoffs. So like, here's a question to you: Is that like, do you think the Steelers thing this year, if they're the seventh team, is an anomaly or is that like more the norm? More the norm. Because like, I think it's more the norm. More the norm. I think it's it's pretty it's fifty fifty. Because I mean, we saw okay, it this it, year. It, it was fifty fifty. Where it's the Rams even, in the in the in even the Steelers. if it is fifty fifty, and I don't think it's that. It's not worth it. I'm sorry. If it's 50-50, it's like, of course it's worth if it's, it. If it's 50-50, you're like half of the time you're letting on a team that, that's deserving and half of the time you're just letting on some garbage-ass team that does not need to be on. I mean, garbage-ass like, is a not, pretty, Like, you not know, garbage, but like, I don't need to... I mean, we I saw the Steelers I play... That. I don't think... I mean, this is a, a different point, but I don't think people recognize how well the Steelers were really playing in the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, no, like, they they are really solid outside They weren't going to beat the Chiefs. That's to be real. But, hindsight tells us there was no chance that they were going to beat the Chiefs, but hindsight also tells me that the Packers really weren't all that good and that the Rams, you know, when they put on their best football cap and they didn't have to play the 49ers or the Seahawks, they were a pretty good team. Uh, let's let's move on. That That's a pretty interesting discussion. Other news and notes going on around the league. Everson Griffin opted out of his contract. He'll become a free agent. Uh, joins a pretty solid group of free agent pass rushers. Just the JV on clownies. Y'all don't care. Uh, I mean, Red- well, I, I think the reports are saying that they're trying to rework like a deal with him. To with Everson Griffin? Yeah, just because they don't have any cap space whatsoever. They're trying to rework a deal. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. 34-year-old Adrian Peterson back for another year. So, you know, shout out to him for being timeless. Greg Olson signs with the Seahawks, gives Russell Wilson another weapon. Yes, I don't see, I don't really understand that because Greg Whoa. Olson, like, he hasn't done anything the last He's three solid, years. though. He's he, solid. It's like, you. so Will Disley, which was their, you know, tight end one, like, he he's going to be back in 2020, mm-hmm. like, at some point. He is not a starting group. Like, he, he was he's all right. He, he was, was all right good. in some games because Russell Wilson made him that way. Mm-hmm. He, oh, okay. Com- I mean, yeah, like, com- like, coming out of college, like, he was not. Well, where was he drafted? I know he was drafted like very, very late. I mean, late. there's yeah. a lot of tight ends that aren't drafted and, and, that high but that it, turn out to even be good, then. But, like, but I'm saying like he was doing better than like Jimmy Graham ever did with. Like, yeah, I but, mean Jimmy Graham but, sucks. I'm but sorry. but sucks. like you you telling me Greg Olson can't be in? I mean, like one I think you get marginally target. better. He hasn't been healthy and he's old and uh, he might be a better commentator than a tight end at this point. But like you know you you had you know you had your like mill of like white but, tight ends with Jacob Hollister but, and Luke Wilson last season and it's like they but, worked pretty well. It was like you know because Russell Wilson makes him that way. He yeah, literally but, he's the best makeup artist. Yeah. He's the best, yeah, you know. I agree co- with you. But is Greg Olson like gonna create He's gonna add a he's gonna add depth. He's gonna add depth. I mean you gotta understand though, the dude he's on the older side, he's on way on the wrong side of thirty. I mean, he's, you know, like Eddie alluded to, he's had injury issues. I just don't know how valuable he is to a team at this point. It's like, I see it as like a friendly fit. Like, I'm like, he and Russell Wilson seem like very good friends. But if if he's getting like a ton of run on the field, then something must have been going wrong. Well, they don't have any other options. Finally, Greg Robinson, former second round, second overall pick, was arrested currently facing 20 years in prison for being in possession of 157 pounds of marijuana trying to cross the Mexican border. 
at that point, it's not like drug trafficking. It's it's kidnapping, bro. If you got 157 it's pounds, that's idiocy. a whole ass children. It's idiocy. You know somebody was in that that man's ear talking about some, bro. You're famous. They're gonna let you through. You're not famous, Greg Robinson. I'm sorry. That's just could have been, but you're not. All right, let's talk about Miles Garrett and the fact that he reiterated his accusation against Mason Rudolph that he called him the N-word, which led to the incident on the field in which he swung the helmet at him, leading to an indefinite suspension that was actually reversed the other day um, for Miles Garrett. What do y'all think about you know, his reaccusation of, of Mason Rudolph? My thing is, uh, and this would just be from my perspective, I would just try to you know, put it, put it, Put it behind me. I was reinstated, and um, I understand. Though I do understand that if he did indeed, Mason Rudolph did indeed do what Miles Garrett said he did, I would be pissed off, and I would want you know the truth to to be out there nonetheless. Um, but you just got reinstated. I don't know if uh, maybe it was the right timing, maybe it wasn't. But my thing is, if someone did that to me, I would have told the reporters. Straight up after the game. I mean, he told he uh, reports. But his his GM said yeah, that yeah. he told him. And that's right what after I the game. that's what I learned uh, this from this past week. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that that kind of brings so many like things into it just it, the whole situation is just confusing. It is very confusing. And I don't. I really don't know who to believe. But um, yeah, if he told his GM and his GM confirms that. Then it then it's a it's a different story. But even then, I would still tell the reporters. Maybe he was advised not to tell the reporters by his GM or by his coach. But even then, I I, I would just have a hard time. You know, e- even if you don't want to say it explicitly, you can you can still say like, oh, you know, he he really said something that really sparked an anger inside of me. And although maybe I do repent what I did, um, I'm I'm. If I were put back in that situation, I would still do what I do because he angered me by saying something. I'm not going to tell you guys right now, but he didn't say anything like that. And, and it just, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, um, I, I think in situations like this, because you're right, Julio, there are a lot of moving pieces here and a lot of different, you know, you had Mike Tomlin come out and speak. Like we had John Dorsey come out. We've had Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph. Like there's a lot of different moving pieces here. And it's hard to lock down a specific beyond a reasonable doubt. You know, this isn't, you know, court of law, right? If this well, was the court can of, come to that. If this was the court of law, then we'd have to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. But this isn't that. This is the court of public opinion. Th- that's why. And I can use my common sense. So here are the facts. We have a guy, Mason Rudolph, who's had, you know, questionable connections. I'll just leave it at that. He supports some things that have been questionable and have produced questionable rhetoric, especially when it comes to, you know, the defamation of black people. And that in its own right, you know, just because you're a Donald Trump supporter, I'm not going to be the one to sit up here and call you racist just for that. But we also have Miles Garrett, right? Very not your stereotypical jock. He's not the type of dude that, that that's just boneheaded, meat face, whatever you want to call it. He's a very cerebral individual. He thinks before he speaks. He's very intellectual. He's, you know, very well spoken. He writes poetry. And these are the things that came out before he was drafted that I was like, man, this dude, he's not your standard, you know, football player archetype stereotype. And he's definitely not an aggressive person. 
mm-hmm. at least when it comes to situations to where you know you know hands have to be thrown or people are going to get in the fight. He's an aggressive football player, but he's not. We haven't seen this sort of behavior from Miles Garrett before, which tells me something had to tip him off. And when I compound all those things together, yeah, there's no audio of Mason Rudolph saying that to Miles Garrett or no released audio of it. There's no, you know, absolute 100% confirmation from anyone on the field aside from Miles Garrett. But common sense tells me it's more probable than not. And I'm not afraid to step out and say that. And even though there's no guaranteed proof, it's you have you you put yourself in certain circles and then you subsept you subsept yourself to having certain things said about you. If we've had NFL players in the past, you know, have gang ties from back where they're from, and certain things are said about them, or people accuse them of certain things, we're gonna tie those into those groups, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you have ties to a, a, a crip or a blood gang, and there was this, you know, murder or homicide, and you know, you people say that you were in the vicinity. People are gonna take those things into account. If I know that Mason Rudolph associates himself with people that I would consider racist and somebody accuses him of saying something racist i'm probably gonna think that you said it but and here, I, don't, I think that's fair to do but here's the thing even as miles garrett even if you do believe that he did say that bringing it up again and i know you might not want to stay quiet but it might prompt him to you know seek legal action and if there's no proof that you know what he said or what you think he said to you that that in fact proves that he did say that then you're you're just going to get into a legal battle that you're going to lose and, and to me that's even more of an indictment on Mason Rudolph because you're reinstated if you're Miles Garrett the situation's blown over why do you have to come back out and reiterate that yes he did say that thing to me you have nothing to gain from that other than the fact that you want people to know that that what was said cuz people are ultimately this thing in the, in the world of sports media, things blow over. And this wasn't going to be talked about for a while unless Miles Garrett had some other situation or Mason Rudolph had some other situation that made it relevant. People were done talking about this. Miles Garrett reignites the conversation. Why would he do that? Unless he really had a beef with what was said with him and he wants to make sure that people understand that that what was what triggered him. And I think that's what happened. I think, they, you know, you know, there's no lockdown proof, but I can use my reasonable, you know, I'm an intelligent human being. We're all intelligent human beings. We can use our common sense. We don't have to have lockdown proof of everything. Mm-hmm. It was probably said to him. I think it's more likely than not that it was mm-hmm. said to him. I won't disagree with you. I think it's silly. And, and of course, on Twitter and, and talking heads that there's some boneheaded people out there. But I think it's silly that some people think Miles Garrett holds more power than Mason Rudolph in this situation that people have said Miles Garrett can you know make these accusations and all of a sudden Mason Rudolph is like hashtag canceled you know like he mm-hmm. he's gonna lose his job he's he's gonna disappear from the face of the earth like I, I I mean this this goes back to you know everything people say about like oh you know like they're more scared of being called a racist and actually being racist whereas um mm. and and again like I'm not I'm not here gonna throw mason rudolph into the pit of fire but like you're right like if you use common sense it's not that far-fetched and people in this country like to think that being racist is a far-fetched thing it's it's really not and um knowing mason rudolph's connections 
you know, the, the connections are even closer. But I think that's just most silly to me that you're right. Miles Garrett has a lot to lose here because, you know, now you got like defamation stuff coming at you. You got um, libel, libel charges, you know, coming at you from Mason Rudolph's camp. And it's like you bring this up all of a sudden, you know, you face a lot of retribution because the way um the, the way a lot of people defend people like Mason Rudolph out here is like, oh, if there's no proof, if there's no concrete proof, then, you know, we're going to doubt you, Mason Garrett, and uh, people like you, and then we're going to believe Mason Rudolph. And, and I'm not, like I'm, I'm not going to, sorry to interrupt, but I'm not, obviously this is a very different situation from hashtag me too, and that carries a little bit more weight because you're talking about really affecting people's lives with that. But what did we see when me too went down? We saw a movement of people saying, okay, although... There's no concrete evidence. There's no video proof of this happening. I'm going to believe you because that's what you deserve as a victim. I don't think that you know we're we're, go, we're more inclined to believe the victim because there's there's no there's no reason not to. And we we look at Miles Garrett. Why you know why are we looking at Miles Garrett and saying ah because. Honestly, I think this goes back to the fact that people look at Miles Garrett and it's just hard to see him as a victim of anything. The dude's 6'5", 260 pounds, built like a, you know, Greek god. How can this dude be a victim of anything? But I think it just, you know, further, and I, this is something that I've known for a long time, but it just further perpetuates the idea that anyone, any single person can be a victim of racism. And that doesn't matter whether you're 6'5", 260, if you're 5'5", 140. Anyone can be a victim of racism and they can be, you know, touched by those things. And I don't think it's fair to look at Miles Garrett and say, well, you are you're in a separate category because of how you're built. No. Mm -hmm. And I, I think if this was, you know, somebody else, it wouldn't have played out the same way. It wouldn't have played out the same way. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because we'll probably never know the truth. Yeah. But, you know. Again, common sense tells me mm -hmm. it probably happened. Um, let's move on here. Ideal free agent and team pairing before we close out. Mm -hmm. So anyone want to want to take the reins on that? Because there's a lot of interesting free agents out here right now. And, uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason. I mean, you can speculate um, all you want about, you know, ideal matchmaking, mm -hmm. <laughs> per se, with teams and quarterbacks. Um but realistically, as the Patriots, you have no other realistic option in my mind other than Tom Brady. And so to convince him to come back, you got to add pieces to your team. Mm. I'm going after a star, in my view, that's not too happy with his team, and that's Stefan Diggs. Mm. I'm looking to add Stefan Diggs and maybe drafting or adding another tight end through trade or free agency. Um, He's not a free agent, though, right? Yeah, the, it did actually come out that the Vikings were not looking to move Stefan Diggs. Yeah, yeah. But you have to be aggressive in those trade talks, and that's just them putting out a report that you know our yeah. asking price is going to be higher because it, with all their cap problems of course they're open to trading Stefan Diggs I don't care what you tell me right no, so I would look into that and uh, again through trade or free agency or the draft look to add a, a, a good security blanket in a solid tight end um, there were talks that Delaney Walker might and I know he's on the older side mm -hmm. but he might get uh, um you know, released 
Um, I can see it. So he's a little underutilized over there. In you know, go, going after pieces like that, I think, would be very useful. And you know, signing Tom to a two-year contract and you know, getting someone, drafting someone like you know, uh, Jacob Eason—that's his name. Yeah, from from Washington, drafting someone like that or trading someone to to really secure uh, for fu- for the future after Tom Brady would. Personally, not a fan of Jacob Jacob Easton, but that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. I do agree with you that uh, you know, they have to start looking to the future, but there's no you, you have somewhat of a Super Bowl window because that team was pretty good last year, not the greatest, but it was a pretty good team mm-hmm. last year. So the window's still open, it's yeah. closing, but it's still open, yeah. and it closes completely if Tom Brady's out of there, yeah, because there is no viable replacement, like mm-hmm. you said. What about you, Eddie? Uh, so, because I'm not super in, in tune with, you know, the off-season machinations of the NFL, I'm going to just go with the team I know best. So, that's the Niners. Oh, and I thought this would be an interesting name. I'm not exactly sure how the cap maneuvering and, and all the stuff would work there. But we know that the Niners are missing, like, a uh, over-the-top, like, speed element to their team. And I thought Robbie Anderson would be an mm. interesting guy for the Shanahan offense. Because we know that they like an elite wide receiver. They asked about DeAndre Hopkins. They asked about Antonio Brown and luckily didn't get him. But, um, hmm. you know, like Robbie Anderson is basically, you know, store brand, I guess. Well, not store brand, but, you know, he, he he's that size and speed combination that I think a lot of teams covet. But at the same time, his production hasn't been there to warrant. Like, he's had super, injury concerns too. Uh, yeah, that's true. But um, his production hasn't been there to warrant like an extremely pricey deal where... Uh, I'm not sure if this falls in the Niners price range, but he becomes an interesting wide receiver option. And we know that speed can succeed in um, Shanahan's system as a receiver because Marquise Goodwin just, I think, two seasons ago, like had one of his best seasons and, and worked extremely well with Garoppolo, you know, when he was healthy and, you know, just burning every cornerback. So uh, it, it can clearly work there. They also have a decision to make with that backfield. Um, I, I was reading something that... They might inf- they they have to choose between uh, Jarek McKinnon or uh, uh, oh he's gone McKinnon the, is gone. the guy the guy from the who used to play on the Falcons oh, oh Tevin Coleman Tevin Coleman mm-hmm. um, and although they would prefer Tevin Coleman it would put them in a even worse cap situation if they chose him over Jarek McKinnon, McKinnon. Really honestly bad. I think the beauty of the 49ers and you know the beauty of the 49ers is that um. Any, any running back, back. yeah, any See, running back, why. you could put them in there. That's why. And they'll, they'll so that, do that really well. that's why it brings in the argument: do you do you stick with uh, Coleman or do you go with McKinnon? I mean, you could honestly go with neither. Draft a guy in the fifth round and be all right. <laughs> like that's, that's the type of you know mind that Kyle Shanahan is that they like, really yeah, don't need to. You can start with Breida and Moster. I don't know what what their contractual status looks like. I think Breida might be a free agent. I'm not could entirely be. sure though. Um, but yeah, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Anderson. That's interesting. I'm going to stay on the theme of wide receivers, and you stuck with the team that you know most. I'll stick with the team that I know most, the Philadelphia Eagles. He wants Amari Cooper. I want Amari Cooper. Really? I need it. I need it. Not only do I take the, the guy that's I've watched burn my team for the past two years away from the Cowboys, I put him on my team. And I give Carson Wentz a weapon like Amari Cooper? He ain't never had no dude like Amari Cooper. All right, because uh, apparently the team's trying to move on from Alshon. Alshon Jeffrey a few years ago. Alshon that, Jeffrey ain't no Amari Cooper. No, no, no. He ain't no Amari ago, Cooper. No, 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 no. That man ain't no Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is— Amari Cooper got—he's he, great, but he got benched. You got to remember that. He got before. benched when, when he was in Oakland? No, no, no. In, in, in the Cowboys in the final drive of—I uh, forgot which game. But he got benched. He got benched. I mean, there's concerns That's crazy because y'all won that game after y'all benched him too, right? 
Oh, wait. No, you didn't. That's right. Because Jason Garrett's a dumbass. But anyways, oh, but, but my, my point being, you give Carson Wentz a, 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 a weapon like Amari Cooper, and I'm, I'll stick to that from like for a while. Alshon Jeffrey was great. Um, but he's no Amari Cooper. Alshon Jeffrey's the type of guy, he's a bigger body, he can get up, he can catch at the highest point, but Amari Cooper creates separation, and that's what really helps in the NFL. You talk about that sort of speed combined with the arm that Carson Wentz has, the deep-throwing ability, mm-hmm. Al- um, Amari Cooper would be a godsend for this Eagles offense because that's one thing that we lacked was A, a number one receiver, and B, someone that can create separation down the field. If you go get a guy like Amari Cooper and bring in a speed guy like... Henry Ruggs per se hmm. now we're looking at a completely different offense and Carson Wentz finally finally I thought this was going to be the case last year but finally has the weapons that he needs to be the quarterback that I know he can be y'all going to see it eventually but that dude you give him Amari Cooper it, it's a different game and that offense is man Miles Sanders Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Amari Cooper, Henry Ruggs. I mean, do they do they have the price point to keep all of them? If we get rid of uh, Alshon Jeffrey, which it looks like they're trying to right now, and plus Howie Roseman, that dude's a cap wizard. Yeah. He can create money out of thin air. I don't know how he does it. I think it's a matter of like backloading contracts, and he just continues to backload them. So dudes all get their money eventually. <laughs> but like he's just like, oh, let's just extend you and backload it, and then you can get more money on the back end, and you just keep doing that for their entire careers. It's It's really genius. But um, and Amari uh, Cooper to the Eagles. Why would Amari want to stay in Dallas? Well, I mean, what do I want Dak throwing at me? Uh, you tell me who's a which well, organization I mean, like, is better to play with and market yourself in. Well, um, it is market is one thing, but like on the same line, why would you want to go to the Eagles? Is there is you know outside of one year? Is there like, two words? It's not like Carson Wentz. It's not okay, like, but like it's not um, like you're gonna you have a surefire. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, like it, I mean like yeah, you're not. If, like, I'm, you're if, not, you're if not I'm gonna the leave the Dallas Cowboys, if I'm gonna leave the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm gonna go somewhere where you know I have like, like a real good chance, like a guaranteed yeah. winning situation. Not a guaranteed winning situation because yeah. it's not you know it's, football isn't like basketball. Of course, and you can guarantee winning situations because it's so yeah, volatile. But like I mean, the in the same breath, one year. Yeah. I think we're a wide receiver. You want to go somewhere where you know you're going to get. You know your 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 touches, and Amari Cooper coming to Philly. You know you're gonna get the ball thrown to you. Carson Wentz ain't never had a dude like you. I mean, you know that you're gonna get the ball thrown to you in Dallas. Yeah, too, right? so, yeah, yeah, but it's Dak Prescott throwing you the ball. So really, do you want that? I mean, like, pretty successful, pretty successful last season. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Dallas. I mean, Dallas. Dallas doesn't have a Deshaun Jackson on the other side. I mean, we don't have a Deshaun Jackson on the other side because the dude. But you're gonna like have Deshaun Jackson next year. Are we? I don't even know. Like at this point, you know, I don't. I'm not. He's not washed, but he had a very tough go of it. And how many touchdowns am I going to get? Because Zach Ertz gets every single pass. No, he doesn't. That that that, that's Carson Wentz throws every pass. Zach Ertz is the safety blanket, and now you have another safety blanket in Amari Cooper. Carson Wentz is the type of dude. If he creates extra time, how many? First of all, how many DBs can cover Amari Cooper on his route? Period. Not many, but how also, many dudes can cover Amari Cooper with car- extra time that Carson Wentz creates? None, not a single one. That but combination would be also, a match made. Also, the the argument may be that in Dallas you're you're in like a you're in an you're just stadium. You're in a dysfunctional not, organization. Yeah, a dysfunctional organization. Uh, I mean, 
halfway through the season, most way through the season, that's what the Philadelphia Eagles No, were that's too. what Orlando Orlando Skandrick told y'all we were. And then we went and made the playoffs ahead of your team. I mean with Boston oh Scott. My God. You guys with Boston lost. Scott. Yeah. You guys lost to some team. Hey, seven seven playoffs. I mean both Hey man, we made the playoffs. We made the playoffs. Which is why I mean that's funny. There should four, be a seven because I know forty minutes ago you were saying we didn't deserve it. Anyway. We didn't. We didn't. I mean that <laughs> NFC East was trash, which is why we need a seven seed. And with that, we'll end it. To we'll end it there. Um, thank you for tuning in to Triple Coverage. As always, go check out our work on Medium. Go check out our other podcasts, Hoop and Holler, and On the Clock. Go check out Julio's work on Sports Talk The Countdown. You can access that through his Instagram. That's Julio at Julio Martinez with two O's and two Z's. We'll see you next time.